You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. We're concluding our account of the story of Joseph. If you've got a Bible with you, it's Genesis chapter 44, and we just uh, go over into chapter 45. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. Uh, I hope if you've had prior notice that you read those verses or you'll be familiar with it, but I will refer to some verses as we go through. So it's Genesis 44 and 45. And the title for this uh, address is Grace, Mercy and Peace. Um, You might have heard that title before, certainly uh, Grace and Peace. If you've read the Bible, uh, which I hope you have done, Uh, When you read the New Testament letters, often they begin with the address and grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we know the grace of God and his mercy, then we come into a place of peace. That's the gospel. And I'm going to use the story of Joseph this morning uh, to illustrate the gospel. Um, There's many parallels between the story of Joseph and Jesus. and we've got the story of Joseph in the Bible because it's written there for, to help us understand the story of Jesus. You'll remember that when Jesus met the men on the Emmaus Road, uh, he went through the scriptures, which would be what we call the Old Testament. And in that, he could illustrate what the, his life had been from the Old Testament. So when we read the Old Testament, we see a foreshadowing of the life of Jesus. So it's written there not just as a, a story, and it is a, quite an exciting story. People have made it into films. Uh, it's got a lot of drama about it, a lot of interaction and tension. Uh, but it's there to teach us about the God that we know and our response to him. If you know the story, I, I, I wonder if you can assess what the the key point is what the key verse is if you've got a bible with you turn to chapter 45 genesis 45 and i'm going to highlight verse 4 because at the end of this scenario joseph said to his brothers i am joseph verse 4 then joseph said to his brothers come close to me And that's the key verse, an invitation for these brothers to come and rebuild their relationship with Joseph. I need to recap the story. It's going to be a very quick run through. It's a long story, but let me do it very briefly. Um, Because we want to see what is the motivation behind Joseph uh, in this scenario that we've got in chapter 44. What is it that moves Joseph to act in this way? Which some people might say, well, that's a bit devious, a bit dubious. Um, Why do his brothers respond to him in that way? And we'll look particularly at the brother called Judah and his very unique response. But what's happened up to this point? So uh, it's a story of Jacob and his sons. And Joseph has been the the favored younger uh, son. Um, Through a series of events, the brothers decide to get rid of Joseph, so they plan to kill him. Um, But in the end, 
well, Reuben's going to rescue him from that. But when Reuben is away, they sell him into slavery, sell Joseph as a slave. Uh, and he's taken into Egypt. He excels in what he does. So he's elevated in Potiphar's house. But then he's falsely accused of trying to seduce Potiphar's wife, goes into prison. He's forgotten about in prison. But in prison, he interprets people's dreams. Pharaoh has a dream. They remember Joseph can interpret dreams. So he's brought out of prison. And then one of the dreams Pharaoh has says there's going to be a famine. Um, and Joseph is appointed as the executor of the supplies to manage how the famine is going to uh, supply. Uh, through the famine, people are going to be supplied with grain. And it's in that scenario, Jacob and his brothers are in Canaan. They've run out of food and they've gone to get grain from Egypt, uh, from Joseph. Previously, when they did that, their money was returned to them. They didn't know that. So then they have to go back again. But the proviso is they've got to take Benjamin with them. And Jacob doesn't want Benjamin to go because he's lost Jacob. And J Benjamin is now the youngest son. He's going to hold on to Benjamin. But uh, they say, we can't go get grain until Benjamin uh, comes with us. Uh, so they, they went. And they've met Joseph. They don't know it's Joseph, but Joseph knows it's them. And... Um, now it's time to return to Canaan with their grain. Let me read verse, uh, chapter 44, verse 1. Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Fill the men's sacks with as much food as they can carry. But here's a trick. Put, put, and put each man's silver in the mouth of his sack. Repay his money again. Then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack along with the silver for his grain. So he's planted this silver cup in there. Why? Because then the steward is going to pursue them and accuse them of stealing Joseph's favorite silver cup. Why? Why play this game with your brothers? At the heart of it, Joseph doesn't want to lose his brothers. He's seen them once, they've come back, and they've come back with Benjamin. Now they're going to go again. How can I, how can I keep a connection? How can I build a, a relationship with here? How can I woo them back again? So he has this plan, the money and the cup in, the, in Benjamin's sack. We know how deeply Joseph is attached to his brothers. And when he first saw Benjamin, when... Uh, uh, he couldn't control himself. He had to leave the room because he was overwhelmed and he was crying. And he had to compose himself before he could go in and talk to his brothers again. The gospel is about God's heart wanting us to become part of his family again. And it's not an exaggeration to say that the heart of God is broken and weeps over people who are separated from it. God does not delight in the death of anyone, but desires that all people should be saved and come into his family. We've got that mirror image here. That all should become children of God. 
Now, years ago, when I lived in London, there was a, a sect, uh, a Christian sect, uh, which was called the Children of God, and that was very controlling. Uh, it, it, it was not a healthy, it was not a good thing at all. And I remember in, in London, I went down to one of their underground meetings in a, in a den, in a dive in London, and spoke to them. But they called themselves the children of God, but actually how they behaved and how they behaved with other people was nothing like the children of God should behave. But God wants us all to be part of his family and to know I'm a child, I'm a child of God. And a child that is not born just because I've been born, so I'm alive, therefore I must be a child of God. The Bible says very differently that we become children of God not by the actions, the, the desires of any human agency, but we're born again by the Spirit of God and are born again as a child of God. And there needs to come that moment when actually I reconnect with God, not just because I'm a human being, but because I've accepted Jesus as my saviour and I'm born into his family. But Joseph has got this thing, how to, how to keep in touch with his family. So he puts his silver cup um, in, in Benjamin's sack. Um, now, the brothers have all had a meal with Joseph. Uh, he would have been, Joseph would have been at the high table. He would have seen the table where they knew his cup. And now it's going to be found in Benjamin's sack. So, verse 3. As morning dawned, the men were on their way. They had gone not far from the city. Uh, Joseph said to his steward, go after these men at once. Catch up with them. Say, why have you repaid good for evil? Isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. That's a bad thing I've done. Excuse me a minute. Just drop my notes. We might call that a bit devious, bringing about false accusations. But we can see throughout this scenario what, what Joseph has been doing has been testing their character. His last encounter with them was when they sold him into slavery. So what type of family, what, what character have these brothers of mine got? And he's putting them into a position under pressure where what they are will be revealed. That is how the Lord deals with us at times. That he puts us under pressure. He puts us in positions that are uncomfortable. We might even think are unfair to reveal what character is growing within us. Last time when Fiona spoke, she said it's, it's, it's interesting how different pressures changes our priorities. And that is a way that God deals with us. It's certainly a way he dealt with the people of Israel. If you read the Old Testament, uh, I'm, I'm reading through Ezekiel at the moment, and you see how God dealt with his people in quite a harsh disciplinary way and took them through the fire and the flood. But his intention was that they will know that I am God. Jesus did it with his disciples. He was in control of situations, but they're on the stormy sea. They're terrified. He's asleep. And he said, where was your faith? 
in that circumstances, let's see what is developing, what is growing within you. He takes, Jesus takes the men up to Jerusalem. Jesus knows he's going to be crucified. All the gang are following him. We'll go with you as well. But he knows, particularly he has a word for Peter, under that pressure, you'll deny me. It isn't the end of the story. There's, recon, uh, there's reconciliation, there's restoration. But God does put us in situations where, in the end, our only recourse is to come to him. That might be true for some of you here. It's not true for everybody. David Brock, who um, was here with the One, cinema, uh, one, one Door Cinema Club the other week, uh, he stayed with us and we heard his testimony. What he and his wife went through was absolutely appalling, incredible, frightening, disturbing. Because they'd got involved in spiritualism, uh, in, in sorts of all sort of occult things that were going on. And it just went from bad to worse, from bad to worse, until desperately a Christian said, I could pray for you. I said, anything, anything to get me out of this. And it's an amazing story. So the brothers in Joseph's family, they're now under this intense, intense pressure and they absolutely protest their innocence. That it says, far be it, no way have we stolen it. No way have we taken your money. And, and, and he, he, they go through, we're honest people. When the money was found in our sacks last time, what did we do? We brought it back. We're honest people. Actually, we're so sure of our innocence that... The one who has stolen that cup, he'll die. And the rest of us will become your servants. They're so sure that they have done no wrong. And then they go through the sacks. And in Benjamin's sack is found this cup. Just a problem with this cup of divination that Joseph was using. What, what's Joseph doing? <laughs> you know, reading the signs in a cup, that, how, how the liquids. I, I think he was playing the part of an Egyptian because the brothers don't yet know who he is. Joseph was a Hebrew, a believer in the one true God. But I'm not sure he used a cup of divination. But it's just to put the pressure on them. And the steward finds the cup, but he modifies the terms. He said, no, no, nobody's going to die, but, you know, slave, slavery will be, be the, uh, the, the outcome. And then we come to Judah's response, that you're going to take Benjamin as a slave. And he rehearses the whole conversation they'd had back in Canaan before they, they returned to get more grain because of, uh, um, they had to take Benjamin. And initially, Jacob said, no way, you are not taking Benjamin. If we don't take Benjamin, we don't get any food. So Judah has said, I'll, I'll be the guarantee for him. If anything happens to him, I'll take the blame for the rest of my life. And now, with this scenario... Benjamin is going to be taken from his father and kept in Egypt. And Judah, that can't happen. That would be the death of my father. And I can't let this happen to Benjamin. So instead, instead of you taking him, 
I'll stand in his place. How do you think Joseph reacted to that? How had these brothers treated him as a younger brother? Callously, the plan was to kill him. But then it was Judah's plan. Well, let's just get rid of him. Let's sell him into slavery. But now this younger brother is in, under danger again. How does Judah respond? He says, oh, well, it's Benjamin. Let, okay, it's just another brother. He's only a half-brother to me anyway. Let him go. And he's willing to offer his life for the freedom of Benjamin. See, Jacob thought Joseph was dead. And no way could Judah allow his father to lose his younger son again. And for Judah, that would be the end of his life. He would be separated from his family. <coughs> he would be kept in Egypt. Simeon had been in Egypt for a while, <coughs> excuse me, but would be released uh, when the brothers came. But now Judah is offering for life himself. What a transformation. Verse 45, uh, chapter 45. Just get, <coughs> just get the emotion of this moment. Joseph could no longer control himself. Why? What a change has happened in these men. What a transformation. Joseph could no longer control himself. So he says, make everyone leave my presence. Because there would have been a royal entourage going on there. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And even next door in Pharaoh's household heard it as well. He's absolutely overcome with the emotion of the moment, the relief, the joy, the, just going through the whole history of uh, his life, what has happened, this family which has been torn apart. And so Joseph says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were not able to answer him. Why? This is Joseph who we sold into slavery. What is going to be the repercussion? What is going to come down on our heads? Because previously they said God has found, God has done this because we're, we're guilty. They knew they were guilty. Now they're confronted with Joseph who is the one they have wronged. What on earth is going to happen? He is in a powerful position. We're just here trying to buy some grain. They could, they could not answer him. They were terrified at his presence. And what does Joseph say? Just come close to me. Come close to me. I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into slavery. Now we have to recognize what has happened in Joseph's heart. Some people might feel, well, it's payback time, <laughs> revenge, let's get, get equal on this. 
But all the time, through all these scenarios, through all these years of the, the brothers coming and going, what he wants is to be reconciled, to be joined again with his family, to see his father, to be part of this family again. So his heart is right to build this bridge, and he now recognizes that in his brothers there's been a change of heart, and we can be one again. No wonder he cleared the room, because his officials maybe have never seen him in such a state. Absolutely tears pouring from his eyes, crying deeply. Now, there used to be a, a church minister in Wisbeach who advocated that if somebody wanted to get saved, unless they cried, it wasn't genuine, it wasn't real. <laughs> you had to cry to show it was real. Well, we don't teach that. <laughs> but if we know the enormity of God's grace and goodness, that he is not holding any charge against us, that he is freely forgiven as we were singing I'm forgiven if we know the depth of that and this grace and this mercy that all have sinned and fallen short and we don't deserve anything from God but God says to us come close to me it's what Jesus says to the people he previously said uh, in his teaching that no one knows God except those to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. But then he goes on to say, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the grace of God is working in the world today, choosing to reveal himself to so many people and calling them to come close to him. I know it's still true, because I talk to people and I know my own story. And sometimes if we review our life, you think, how can God forgive and still love and accept me? Because I know my own history. I know what I've been. I know what I've done. But it's because Jesus paid the price for us that he, as Judah offered himself in, in place of Benjamin, so Jesus has offered himself in place of us that we can go free. That's a story in the Old Testament. The parallel in the New Testament, which many of you will know, would be the story of the prodigal son who's run away from the father, who's done all sorts of stuff, Wasted his life and wasted his resources. But eventually, under the pressure of the moment when he is eating the pig's food, which would be an absolute anathema to, to a, a, a Jewish man, when he's absolutely at the pit's bottom, he says, I will return and go to my father. But expecting fear and trepidation, what sort of reception am I going to get? And Jesus tells a story. The father saw him a long way. And what did he do? He ran to him weeping and wrapped his arms around him. Now Jesus tells that story to tell you how God deals with us. We've got the parallel in the Old Testament how Joseph deals with his brothers. 
And when the brothers do come close to Joseph, I wonder what the conversation was. <laughs> there will have to be some honest talking, I think. But the outcome is eventually, and we're going to look at this in a couple of weeks' time as we conclude the story of Joseph. Eventually, Joseph says to Pharaoh, you know, come on, family, come and live here because it's not going well in Canaan. And so they're given some of the best place to live in the land of Egypt. And they're welcomed and blessed and enriched under Pharaoh's provision. And when we come back to God as our father and when we come into his family, a whole new life opens up. It wasn't when I committed my life to Jesus when I was a, a, a late teen. But it certainly was when I agreed to get baptized in water that a whole new way of life opened up. And when we baptize people, we say, are you turning away from all that you know to be wrong and wanting to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if we do that, a whole new horizon opens up. That we're in his family. We've got him as our father. We've got Jesus as a brother. We've got the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. We've got the family of God with us. And life changes. But it does need what John the Baptist says. It does need that repentance of heart. We do need to come and say, I'm done with that. I want to be joined with you as my father. And that's what had to happen for the brothers. They didn't know it was Joseph, but God had been working in their hearts to change them so that this reconciliation could come about. That's the gospel. And there may be people here who still haven't made that connection with what it is to be a Christian. Might think, well, I've... I've always believed in God, I've you know, lived a good life, whatever it is. But actually, we, we need to come to him. Come to know him. Just as these brothers had this overwhelming experience, we're with Joseph again, and Dad's going to see Joseph again. It's just amazing. So we need to come to know God as our Father and, our, uh, uh, and Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. So if this morning... You would like help in just taking that step of faith there are people here talk to the uh, any of the leaders to the deacons somebody that you trust and just make that step of faith to come close to him as jesus says to you come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest you'll find rest for your soul in jesus name amen 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 father we want to thank you for your precious word it just illuminates and in uh, opens our eyes to the great grace that is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for this parade of heroes of the faith which fill the stories of the Old Testament. But we thank you that we're living in days not of law, but of free grace and mercy, and where we can find peace. And I thank you that ultimately it's all about you, Jesus, and what you've done for us. And here we acknowledge, as we said earlier, Jesus, you're, you're the king, you're the boss, you're in charge. We thank you for what you've done for us in giving your life for us, that we don't have to pay the consequences. But now we want, we want to know you and to live close to you. 
and be part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.